Um, and welcome again. We're live right here on Wiggles Run Network, home of the young woman, Janessa Repeat. It is your boy Wiggles, man. And we're here, episode three, season five of uh, Wiggles World Network Live. It is your boy Wiggles. It's going down in a major way, man. I'm so excited about tonight. It's going down, man. I'm, I'm just excited, man. Before before I get started, man, I, I really got to, uh, I want to, uh, how do I say, I, I want to dedicate this, this episode, man, to my friend and brother, LaMichael Hendricks. Uh, I met LaMichael back in 2002 down at Valdosta, Georgia, Valdosta State University. Been knowing him since then. Reconnected over time and been tight like crazy. Uh, my brother transitioned into another life in another world. Uh, Tuesday of last week and uh it's been a little heavy for me you know but much love and uh, uh thanks and appreciation to everybody who has reached out who has sent a message who has called uh who has shown love to the family it's been it's been tough man uh, for me man i man, probably had maybe like a couple weeks off um went on vacation <laughs> um uh man i don't even have a picture of my line brother uh posted up i just thought about the michael man but last tuesday I, I buried my line brother my number two sean nobles from out of swainsburg georgia my number two brave heart same day you know find out about my brother the michael man so th this show goes out to him uh because he was into the arts he was he was an artist and i know it may seem like an uh, maybe like an odd way to start off a show. Um, but as I took a little break, uh, you know, to get my mind right for the show, you know, I thought it would be uh, best if I, you know, had had done this, man. And so not a whole lot of words aside from the fact, man, that uh, I'm definitely going to miss my brother, uh, you know. And uh, yeah, man, but we got, I got a great show for the night, man. No research needed and unnecessary um this guy that that i'm gonna have on with me tonight is probably one of the most incredible individuals that i've ever come across before i even get into his bio um i started radio maybe 2009 Eight ish, I say 2008 to 2011, and so probably like midway in between those three, four years of doing radio, uh, I would get a lot of music submission. And uh, this guy was by far one of the dopest lyricists, uh, one of the most creative, and, and anybody that knows. Me, I'm very animated and I'm very creative and you know overly dramatic and I love artists like Ludacris and like Busta Rhymes and uh, even Eminem a little. You know what I'm saying? And when I think of the creativity and it's like Missy Elliott, um, and that energy that they deliver and that they give. And when I heard uh, Mr. Arvon, capital A R, capital V O N, um, and this this this. Uh, I don't even know how I would want to call it, man. He had this thing called Stupid Jupiter. I wish I had to drop. Stupider Jupiter. 
I was like, oh my gosh, this guy is a genius, you know, and 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 hearing his music, hearing his talk, him hearing him talk and his personality, man, and his aura and his vibe, his feel, his humility, his integrity, his honor, all of those things, man. I was like, this is the guy that you definitely got to be with and be around. You got to push and you got to promote. And so the time that I was on the radio station, I did just that. Uh, his brother, uh, Carlo, I interviewed him last season, man. And this there was this whole thing that I wanted to do, man. But I run very special man very 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 special man and so let me get into this bio man arvon artist and entrepreneur born and raised in albany georgia was discovered as a, as early as kindergarten you heard i say kenny i didn't say kinder kindergarten that arvon was gifted and highly creative creativity would be an ongoing theme throughout his journey from art cutting hair to making beats rapping clothes diy projects currently as the owner of out of the box mind as a tattoo artist civic paint host and a painter and more Coming from a musically inclined family, Arvon released a project titled Crash Landing on 10-10-10 and has done features for many artists over the years. He is widely known as a true lyricist with a charismatic flow and a vibe that people often relate to and or admire. 2015, Arvon moved to Atlanta to work for Coca-Cola, which he worked for almost six years. At that time, he bought his mom a car, went through pretty much all ups and downs of being in the big city himself that you can think of to eventually becoming a homeowner in September 2020. No stranger to hard work, Arvon has over 20 years of supervisory management experience and has consistently been promoted wherever he worked, currently working for himself since February 2020 news. That same work ethic is what helped him find his footing in Atlanta, Georgia as a small business owner. With a strong passion for living as free spirit as possible, an open book for anyone who cares to read the many chapters, Arvon prides himself on authenticity and, and being the change he wants to see in the world. There's always more than meets the eye from self-proclaimed rebel with a cause without a pause, as there truly seems to be no limit for out-of-the-box minds and talents. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome to Wiggles World Network, the one, the only, Mr. Stu Bitter, Jupiter, Mr. Out-of-the-box, Mr. Capital A-R, Capital V-O-N, Johnson. Arvon, what's up, my boy? What's going on, man? Hey, man. You make me sound so good, man. Hey, I appreciate that, man. Hey, that means I'm doing my job, right? (laughs) Before I say anything, I want to say, that's that's crazy for me to say before I say anything, but I'm going to say something. But um, I'm sorry about your loss, man. That's I got to address that first, man. Um. We don't value that enough. And to me, I don't think that was a bad way to do anything. Sometimes right. even in movies, like at, at the end of Avengers, they might say dedicated to so-and-so. Right, I right, think right. it's fit for you to do it at the beginning. If you're going to dedicate something to somebody, go and put them out there in the front. Put them out I like there. that. Hey, man, I, I appreciate that, brother. You know what I'm saying? The, the, the love and the thoughts and the kindness, man. You know, again, um, bro, shit. We we I can't I'm gonna say we talk all the time. Now when we do talk, we talk a lot. <laughs> that, that's 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 the truth behind it, man. But again, privilege and honor, man. On the show, man, I, I read the bio and I do what I do, but then I also give my guests an opportunity to go back and just reiterate what I said in your own way. And then from there, we have a conversation based on the bio, conversation based on what I know, and conversation based on what you said. Nothing is scripted. I have nothing that I can look at or read. If you ever see me looking down, I'm only looking down so that I can share the video some more because everybody needs to be watching and listening and tuning in to Wiggles World Network, Home of the Awards, Vanessa P. So my brother, the floor is yours. Well, yeah, um, 
I come from a family where as both my parents could draw. Um, and for some reason, I took a liking to it. Like, um, I would say my mom helped me with my handwriting. And a lot of times people would be like, you write like a girl. A girl taught me how to write. Um, it's not like I got, the, I don't write with a bubble letters and all that, but I got like right. a, You got a nice calli- penmanship. Yeah, damn near calligraphy almost. Like it, it, it's, it is attractive, but um, at the end of the day, it's just like, I, I don't know why I've always been this way, but I felt everything deep. I seen the work right. she put in trying to teach me. So, you know, I like, let me learn this shit. Like, I ain't even down about tying my shoes, but she keep going. Like, I guess I got to learn to tie my shoes. And, um, <laughs> so, or anything. Um, in kindergarten, I always, I'm, I don't have kids yet, so, but I know you probably know what I'm going to say when I say this. You really are who you are when you, like, by five or six, you see who you are. Right. I remember being in kindergarten and we got a kickball in the room. Instead of people kicking it, I'm dribbling it. Man, I watch my, my dad watch basketball all day, so I'm zoomed in that. So right. I'm dribbling the kickball between my legs and they like trying to do it, but they can't take the ball back, get in trouble because I don't let nobody else do it because they can't do it. Right. Um, and that's how my love for basketball started. But art, art, artistry and everything has been in me from like day one, pretty much. So yeah. Um, then I grew as we get older. I mean, it's no secret. My brother is one of the um, group field mob, but that's not my only brother. Um, that's the middle child. Sean Jay is the middle brother. I'm the oldest. And then we got Carlo, not to be confused with Carlos, because a lot of people put the S on that. But when they do, he just say that just means you know that he's twice the man. But um, <laughs> Carlo went by Monte Carlo, Joe Henson, and now he also used Seafood Joe. But, you know, they're my brothers. Um, I, I've done a lot of work musically with both of them. Um, but they are, both my brothers can draw. Uh, I honestly feel like they could do everything I'm doing. Just like when I see um, Carlo has made flyers and stuff. I've made them too. And I just be like, yeah, this shit is deep in the family. It's deeply rooted in the family. But um, right. even with me doing like my own business, I do tattoos and um, sit, host sipping paints. Both of my brothers got the personality to do what I do. Cause you can't just, to host a sipping paint, you really can't just be an artist the way I can paint. You literally gotta be able to perform and put a show on kind of like in front of however many people. The other weekend, I had 40 people um who registered for uh sipping paint and they were like do you know you're a comedian and it's like i don't i didn't it's not like i go on like i before i get to this party i'm writing jokes down but right it just come out i don't know what you're doing tonight or what you're sipping on but i gotta have my brand of choice when i do stuff like this man so well actually man i don't have anything brother not not nothing not water not juice not liquor or anything bro it's just I'm, I think I'm gonna be parched this show. There's no help in the house at all whatsoever. So it's just it's just you doing what you're doing, me, and there's no commercial breaks. <laughs> so hey, man, no problem with it. Hey man, so let 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 let's get into the artistry of your parents. You spoke about just that influence, even at an early age, remembering uh, what you've done and and how it influenced or paved the way for you to be and do what you do now musically. Let's just talk music first before we get into the art. Music. How, how did I know that was coming? 
Well, well, we just talking music in the house. <laughs> you might be, if you knew it's coming, you know what I'm saying? You know, you, well, you know me. That's one. You know me. You know what I'm saying? You know music. You know me. So, but musically, though, musically, what's being played in the house? I, and I'm always interested in, in asking, not, not because I know people as artists, because truthfully, for me coming up, I don't remember, like, the age, from the age of, like, one to, like, nine, ten, I don't necessarily really remember music as much. I don't know why. Uh, it wasn't until, you know, I got into the church, but then I remember my aunt, I can, and I might have was in between one and ten, but I know everybody had bass in the trunks. You know what I'm saying? They had all the knobs and switches and everything to touch, you know what I'm saying? MG, M, MJG, uh, 8 Ball, UGK, Outcast, so on and so forth, man. But for you, 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 you know what I'm saying? You're a couple years older than me, man. So musically, man, what, what, what does the house sound like coming up? This is so interesting. Like, I, I never told this story. Um, <clears throat> coming up in my house, you're going to hear a lot of Prince and Luther Vandross because, like, Luther Vandross was, like, a close second, but my mama was, like, Prince's number one fan. <laughs> to the point when Prince passed, I called her. I, I, I was on the floor at work. I heard he passed. I, I went outside and called my mama. Wow. Just like she did me when Kobe died. Like, that's just, you know, you, you, you know who your people fuck with. Right. Okay, when I was, I, I, I don't know what year this was. Like, I ain't the kind of person that'd be like, in, in 1989, we did this. I'm not that person. But, and I, and I hate people that are because it pissed me off. Like, how do you remember these things by the years? Like, I can't do it. But I will say we took a trip to Atlanta from Albany, Georgia. Um, Growing up, we didn't really, couldn't afford many vacations. But I remember this one. Uh, we drove to Atlanta. I don't even think Carla was born yet. I told him we had this talk the other day. We listened to uh, LL Cool J and Tupac Strictly for My Niggas album and LL Cool J, I'm bad, I want to say, tapes the whole way through Atlanta. That's what we listened to. So yeah. it's, that's what kind of family I came up in. Yeah, that, that's, a, that's a unique listening ride. You know, and in Albany to Atlanta is like a three hour hunt. <laughs> That's what we listen to. Thank so, I, you know, I, I think I requested I get around to be played again, but like, you know, that just always stuck with me. Even before I was getting around, I knew I would be getting around at some point, so I loved it. Even before I was getting around, I could get around. Uh, so artistically, you, your mom helped you with writing, they could do this stuff. Your mom and dad both could draw. Who would you say artistically would be the biggest influence, mom or dad? Or if, if it's like a tie, in what way did each have that influence beyond the handwriting aspect? Uh, what, what I would say what they both did was like, I've always been, anything I do, I'm obsessive. That's why I don't drink or smoke. I've never drank or smoke because if I do it, I'm going to be bad. If I can't, if I drink these, I drink water more now, but I used to live off I have an obsessive personality with things I find interesting. So starting to paint, and you go to school, they got art contests. So I'm that the worst thing for me was getting a taste of victory because you beat everybody in the class. When, when <laughs> I won my first art contest in like kindergarten, I won best in the school, but then it was like it's it's I forgot how far I went. I don't know if it was all the kindergartens or just ours, but I, I won that for like a clay tree I made. It looked so realistic, but it was clay. 
But uh, I just visualized the tree. And I see trees every day. But, you know, I was looking around the room and I tried to help some people. They treat it like shit. But, like, mine was just different. But that was what kind of, like, sparked it. Because it's, it's to the thing where, like, I like success. I like winning. And then it's cutting a point where, you know, like, some people draw stick men. But I, I wanted to actually probably put a rib cage, some fingers on. I made a stick man, a skeleton. Then I started just going from there. Like, I wanted to, it got to the point where I want to be the best or my best. Because I don't, if me and you draw something right now, I'm not judging mine looking at you like, well, I, I'm better than him. I just want mine to be the best. Like, and that's something that I'm glad I got. Because it's like, I don't compete with nobody, but I just always want to be my best. And then when it comes to my parents, it's just like, I, I looked at what they did and it just made me kind of want to be better um, because they could draw and it just, I had an interest in it. It was just a passion. Yeah, like I was born with it. I mean, just, and I'm skipping ahead, but I'm coming right back. You know, just, just knowing you and your brothers, man, like y'all had this thing, man, where like you just like some innate abilities, man. Like when you, it, you say, you know, you practice and you home, make sure you hone the skill because if you don't, you know what they say, you, you don't, you use it, you lose it or whatever. You know, you guys are just talented with that. So kindergarten, man, you got the kickball and you bouncing the ball around because your dad watched basketball. Two questions. One, first question, what is your favorite team in the elementary school? And is that still your favorite team now? Secondly, when did you start playing organized basketball? Or when did you know that you were actually good at basketball? Well, as far as basketball goes, I was a Laker fan. Magic Johnson was my first favorite basketball player because at that time, you either liked the Lakers or the Celtics. I didn't even read a damn about no other teams. They really didn't come on TV. So it was just like every year it's Lakers and Celtics, Larry Bird versus Magic Johnson. And mm -hmm. I was damn near prejudiced. I wasn't taught to be prejudiced, but just for, with the way the world was, I hated Larry Bird. I hated everybody on Larry Bird team. I hated that black people was on his team. I felt like they were sellouts. <laughs> like, because I was thinking too deep into it. But Magic Johnson, I remember sitting there, it's a clip of Magic Johnson shooting a sky hook to win a championship. I was sitting on the floor in front of a flat screen TV. I mean, a floor model TV watching that game, like close to the TV while my parents sitting on the sofa. And like, it, it just, I loved it. Cause again, that's something competitive and I loved it. And the Lakers was my favorite team then, but I branched off like, you know, magic retires and shit. But I came back to the Lakers at some point cause of Kobe Bryant, who is clearly became one of my favorite people and like, we was close in age, so I kind of could relate to him. But right now, I would say for years, it's been the Golden State Warriors and also the Dallas Mavericks. I like both of those two. I'm one of those weird people. I couldn't just be like, I just like this team. It's 30 in the league. Why do I have to just like this team? So Dallas and Golden State, and I like both of them before they won championships. Like, I like – he's played 2K with Big Josh. He get mad because I use Golden State, and they ain't even going to the playoffs. Like, how you, how you going to play with a team don't even go to the playoffs? It's who I like. So Golden State and uh, Dallas would definitely be my two favorite teams. But um, honestly, as far as playing organized ball, uh, growing up, I was like, I'm 5'8 now as a grown-ass man. Um, I was 4'9 in ninth grade. 4'9 in ninth grade. I was fun-sized. My boys are fun-sized. <laughs> girls would be like, you're so short. You're cute, but you're so short. So imagine my little black ass with a curly afro tiny as fuck and um i wouldn't i didn't get to play like i, I like my daddy got me going in sixth grade and that's when i really got like okay i can shoot every day now 
instead of going to somebody's house and you ain't gonna get picked, I I got to eventually got to the point where I don't even shoot teams no more because I know I'm gonna get picked. You gotta pick me. We're playing. You wanna win, right? You gotta pick. Me. But um, as far as organized ball, I never could play. Um, I went to Monroe High. It. I'm not gonna say his name, but a guy that was playing for Monroe told me, "Don't go tryouts, man." You ain't gonna make the team because coach had his team this summer. He just only having tryouts because he got to. So he don't know what he's talking about. I know I can hoop. I see your point, guards. Put me out there. I had a fairly good um run because it's like I know the game, but didn't make the team. But I used to try to torture him anytime I played somebody who played for the team, though. But so I ain't never get to play for the team, but you know how that the, you know how that go in high school is who you know. Nah, w- without a doubt, man. Without a doubt. So we, we did elementary. We kind of got a little bit of high school, middle school years, man. What are we doing in middle school? I like to try to get that whole thing before we jump into like right now. You know. How okay. I, um, middle high school. Well, middle school. I was one of the smallest in the class. I had I had like a effort. you know what you know the I'm, I'm gonna ask this specifically, man, bro. When did when did you know what? I'm I'm just gonna I'm just gonna cut the red tape. We just gonna go, man. I want I want I want I need to loosen up just a little bit more, man. When did you when did you write your first rhyme? <laughs> oh, um, I can't remember when, but you remember that Tupac and Bone song? Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. That beat go. Yeah. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, I, I, of course. Both those are my favorite rap group. Period. Hands down. Yeah. When that song came out, uh, I was in high school writing, but in all been at that time, like I knew Big Nod was in my art class. We was insane. We grew up together. Big Nod, I went to him, I was like, man, why do you rap? And then he like, it's just something I like to do, man. I think he was going by the Sandman at that time or something, but I respected him when he said that, because I'm really asking, like, does this nigga do this for fun, or do we think he make it? Because, how you going to get heard in Auburn? Ironically, if you when you fast four years later, my brother made it in Albany. But you know, right. in high school, I didn't see that because literally, big no, I know I'm in English class because I was like pretty good in English. Like I always had good penmanship. I understood nouns, verbs, pronouns, and shit. That's why I, I, I stick with that. But I'm writing raps, but I'm but, I, but they're in poem form. Right. So it looked like I'm writing poetry, and that carried over to now when I do music, it looks like a poem. Or a story. It's like it's so neat to organize. Like, but yeah, ninth, I would say high school, ninth grade. I started writing, but um, my first thing I ever recorded was so bootleg sounding, but it was on two that beat bone had with Tupac, Thug Love, I think. Uh is it by by chance? Do you remember the lyrics? No, don't remember the lyrics at all. Like I really wish I did, but because it was on a cassette tape. Sean trashed it. No, it's horrible, but like it sounded horrible also because how it recorded. But I don't remember that. I do remember uh I did do a free the first song I actually really did was like a freestyle at uh Southern Folk Studio to a fabulous beat. This is my party, I can cry if I wanna. Uh, so I think something like that. That but that was my first thing, but it it wasn't all that good. I just was trying to understand i went in the studio trying to understand how to lay shit mm. so artistry and music and writing 
Who was your inspiration as it relates to writing lyricism? Uh, I pulled from a lot of people. Listening to your intro of me, it was almost like a moment of, it was a, it was a, I don't know how to explain it, but you named a bunch of people that not, not only I have loved for years, but I've been compared to. And those are the same people. Like, I, I already knew if, if, if my music came out, Bust Around, Ludacris, Missy, that's who I'm going to be in the bracket with. Like, that's that's my Eminem, that's my lane. You're not going to put me with Gucci. You're not going to put me with, I mean, the Kendricks and the Coles, you can, but you can't, I'm not going to be a trapper. But like, that's not me. But Ludacris, Eminem, MJG, Busta Rhymes, um, Wu Tang. I, I just loved anybody who could spit. I liked a lot of New York people because they were really rapping. That's why I like New York. They actually, you break their bar. Damn, he said that. He could have mean that. He meant that. But damn, Andre 3000 and Outcast. Before I even knew Outcast looked like, just listening to uh, Southern Player List of Cadillac Music, I was like, whoever that dude right there, I like him. And it was always Andre. Let me dig into your brain. Folks falling like rain. Shit like that just hit me. And it was just like, boy, you can do that. And then when my brother was doing it, I'm just like, God damn, boy. If I, in, the most <laughs> in the most non-conceited way, I want to say this. In the most non-conceited way. In the most non-conceited way. Yeah. Because it's going to sound fucked up. When I was, I, the first time I heard Sean rap, was at OE in the park in front of everybody. And everybody was going crazy. In my mind, I'm like, damn, I bet Carlo can rap too. I already gave myself the credit. I know I can rap, but I had never rap rap like for people like that. Right. But it's, I already knew I could do it. But in my mind, it just immediately made me think, I wonder if Carlo can rap. Because I know we can all play basketball. We can all draw. We were all good at uh, like the same, a lot of the same shit. So, I mean, only difference between Carlo and Sean is when me and Sean were kids, we used to lip sync Houdini with a couple of two dudes in the neighborhood. Like, we used to lip sync raps on the back porch. So it's like <laughs> real fun. A song called Funky Beat, we used to pro pro perform that bitch often. Look, so this is a random, you know, a, a random question, man. But how, how does it? Nah, I, I say that for later. I say that. For just later. don't, just don't forget it. Whatever you're gonna ask me, don't forget it. Yeah, nah, I, I ain't gonna, but I, I'm, I'm gonna say that for later. Okay, and, and, and I'm so happy on music, man. So, it, what what led you to finally create the project? What Crash led me? To, what led me to create Crash Landing? Yeah. Um, I felt it was time. I felt it was over time. Because I knew I could do this, and it was just like if I do it, or like if I do something, I have to do it a certain way. It had to pass, like it got to pass my inspection to do it. Basically, like if 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 my FCC facts don't come back how I like it, is we just gonna crash the whole thing? But um, I wanted to have meaning. Prince is like one of my favorite influences. That's why I, I pr produced the whole thing and I put two mixtape beats on there at the end, but I produced all 20 tracks before those two because it's 22 on there. And that's because 
Prince wrote, produced, and recorded himself for his album. And I wanted to do the same because in a rap version, I felt like I could. Um, I released Crash Landing on 10-10-10, October 10th of 2010, because that day will never come again. Just like I will never come again. Like I felt like there's only one Arvon, and I said it frequently. And think about that, 10-10-10. Like, what does that mean like, to you? Even beyond the number, does it, does it mean anything more to you, 10-10-10? 10, 10, 10 is like a um, think about it. Like when when the next time we'll have that day? We won't. Exactly. I look at myself and like I get people who really know me. Like I got a girl swears I'm a, a, a live unicorn. She said, "All you," she said, "I see your horn and your wings. Like you just you 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 are very unique." And and I wanted a day that can kind of like sim symbolize that, even if nobody else understood or called it, it meant something to me. Uh, and then as far as music goes at that time, I would say, uh, I will, my, I told my brother this, Sean, Sean didn't want me to use Stupid or Jupiter. He said, don't put that on your tracks. Um, I remember when I, uh, Geffen Music, MC, MCA Records, or Geffen, I remember, can't remember which one it was at the time, they were interested in signing me. They wanted my beats without Stupid or Jupiter on them. And I was like, so how you gonna know it's my beat? And like, it's just like, they like they like it, but for us, they they just don't want it on when I give it to them. No, but it's like, whoa, but that, now that's, man, that, that's brand. Oh, God dang it! I'm sorry to cut you off, man. I've never known that. I ne I never because I've always liked it. You know what I'm saying? But the the record, everybody like, liked it. But you know, the, it's just one of those things the, where like some some people feel they are like. Uh, I, I looked at Giffen, the people I was dealing with was like, they probably could have sold my beats or did something with them. Like, you know what I'm saying? For sure. Because it's like, if I'm already rapping on the song, why do you want me to take that off and give you beat? Like, it just seemed like a little hustle. But um, the reason I put that even on there was because at the time, I just felt like, I, like it's almost like if I do a tattoo now, I put follow Arvon, follow Arvon OB, OCB on Instagram. It's like, you can see my work. So, you know, you share shit so many times. But you still got to see that follow Arvon OTB if you're looking at some art I did. Putting Stupid or Jupiter on there was kind of like my hashtag before hashtags. And I, I don't know if it was uh, Zato. No, it wasn't Zato. It was somebody, in, an Atlanta producer, that said he lost a lot of money because he didn't have a tag on his beats. And, and it makes sense. Like, uh, when you hear a beat and, like, when I hear, wait a minute, motherfucker. I know who made that beat. Polo Don made that beat. And we talked about that. I talked to Polo Don about that. And like, it's smart to do, but it's like, I, when you very ahead of the curve sometimes, I, 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 take the, I take the bumps for that. Like, you know what I'm saying? I, and I ain't saying I'm worldwide known, but in my environment and who's around me, nobody wasn't doing that. You might, right. uh, you might hear OE, but the crazy thing was when OE heard Stupid of Jupiter, he was like, damn, I like that. That's dope. So it, it, it's just like, it, it depends on who you're around with that stuff, but it's just another version of me to be creative, creative actually. I mean, because there, there are a lot of producers, man, that have their tags on the end of the, in the beginning of a song. You know what I'm saying? It's definitely mine, a lot I, of mine, I used to tuck mine in like at different mm -hmm. places. It was never in the verse, because it could be at the end. You could hear the whole song and be bobbing. Then you hear that, like, damn, my phone, you made the beat. You made the beat, too. Yep. So it's just, you know, it's just, it's promotion. So from from Thug Love write, writing, 
to 10, 10, 10. How many years was that? Oh, that was a lot of years. Bro. That was a lot of years. Because right, so um, that's why I asked the question, like, what made you finally decide to do it? Because if you're thinking thug love, bro, that's that was like how I, I was like in high school, I think, middle school maybe when that song came out. Yeah. So that, what so, happened was you got a it's like it's a lot of it's a lot of uh and this is the same thing I would say for as tattoos. I was not blessed with friends or family that was like super supportive. So me doing a me doing a song, uh, nobody cared. Um, so it's like you just kind of like be discouraged a little bit, like damn man, like I don't fuck with that. But eventually I got to the point where enough people kept saying, hey man, what are you gonna put something out? Like you ain't got a project coming? And Carla was like, you don't, you don't wanna do no project? Like it's just so many things and I thought about it. I do wanna do a project. I can do one, but I had to figure out how I'm gonna do it. And I wanted it to be like a story. Crash Landing, true, honestly, Crash Landing could be a movie. It could be a book. Every, every, every song is a verse. I mean, it's a chapter. It was supposed to be a book. It was supposed to be uh, a movie of videos that told a story. So if you go from the beginning, I can even go down in, in the intro, Crash Landing. Uh, again, I never had the money to do this, but now as I'm older, I realize it was just about the right crew to put it together. Crash Landing was supposed to take place in Sylvester, Georgia. Only because I found a perfect, far, like, open land farm with a little house on there. That's where I was supposed to start. Like, in that, that was like, crash landing really means my rebirth. Like, I, I, I had a lot of, I'm gonna say, trauma. Shit, I just couldn't get past or let go. Uh, a lot I was dealing with. A lot I dealt with in my childhood. But ten, ten, ten is like really like when I was born, like I'm born again, like this is me. That like, that's a whole, everything before 10, 10, 10 is a whole nother life. It's almost, I'm sorry, go ahead. I said, it's almost, that's, it's almost like, like, I don't know how old I am now, but like if I'm born on 10, 10, 10, but that's almost like my life, I, you know, I, I need to do over. Start it right now. Well, so technically you would be, almost, you'll be going on 12. <laughs> very wise, by very wise twelve year old. Right, you 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 know you'd be twelve years old, man. At a at a redo. Now you say it, it takes a certain amount of people, I guess, and eventually they they're saying when you can come out with an album. So I might as well just go because I want to get to what you're doing now. Why haven't we heard another complete project? Um, I'm gonna give you everything tonight since since it's an interview. I actually still write. Um, I got beats on my comp I got beats on my phone. I listen to it in the car. I rap, but the whole thing with me is everything's so gimmicky, man. Like I listened to an Andre three thousand interview, and I swear verbatim, I understood him. It's like you want to rap, and I'm just telling a girl this that uh, cause yeah, why don't you do it so anymore? Like, I don't. I ain't never want to be that old rapper because. And rap is the only thing where you got an expiration date. Um, but do we really have an expiration date? Not, I mean, I know you got people like Nas, Jay-Z, Bustin' Rhyme, they still doing it. 
But at the same point, like, I, and I feel I could, I feel I could because I'm versatile enough to do it. And honestly, at this point in my life, I'm free enough to do it because for the last six, seven years, I had no time actually to do anything but work and try to get ready to go back to work. But since I work for myself at this time, I could do it, and I've heavily considered it. But it, like again, it has to be it had to make sense. It has to be something that is like worthy or come to it. I actually got that, a beat I gave you one of these days. I still be listening to that. Man. I don't know yeah. why. I'm, that's one of my. I'm that's like, one of my. That's one of my. Uh, probably one of my favorite uh, beats, man, that I've come across. Because I'm like, man, I need to do. Something to that, like I said, even though I mean I can't really put this out in a lot of different places because Carlo owns the track in the background, you know what I'm saying? But that that's just like the whole gist of it, man. Like you guys create some of the the dopest things, man. And so I mean I I you know you know how I feel about the music and, and your music and your creativity and the lyricism, man. And so uh, musically, in your opinion, you know what I'm saying? Well, you, you can go in depth if you want to, man. But musically. If you want to rank the brothers, oh, we've already done that. Oh, uh, well, me and Carlo have done this. Um, it's really not a rank as far as who would be better, or you know, like who's better than who. It's more one of those things where it's like, uh, I tell you a story. There was this guy for Bad Boy that was trying to, that he was trying to get me. But he, he 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 talked to Carlo as well. He eventually told Carlo Carlo was a fake Kanye West wannabe and all that. Carlo, Carlo was like fuck you, like you know he Carlo ain't want to fuck with that. But he had said that um, he saw something in me that would kind of could kind of make me appeal even more than my brother and his group because he was like I would be more universal because I'm not I, I like don't get me wrong, feel my Grammy Award winning Universal, but it's like. I get what he was saying about it's like women, kids, um, older, young. It's just like my my music could go anywhere. It whereas like like Sean them kind of they kind of gravitated toward the trap or like you know like the struggle, which is I just want to catch everything. Only thing you ain't gonna get in mind is I sold a nick or I shot that nigga in the chest. You're not gonna get that from me, right? But like you know, at the time Carlo was everybody used to look at Carlo. He's so conscious. Cause Carlo wouldn't even do club songs. The only reason he jumped on the club beat ever was because of me. So <laughs> I had him there. Think about coming from the South, you don't want to do club music. So I had Carlo there. Sean has a catalog that he can rap on anything. You might not never hear it, but he's got songs on anything. Like some of the shit that I would do, Sean got those type songs. You just ain't heard them. But if I did those songs, you'd hear them. So it would just depend on like, I'd never say I'm better than either one of them because I always told Carlo and Sean, I'm like Sheik in the locks. Like, as far as if you look at the, the rankings, I don't know who would be Jada and Styles between Sean and Carlo, but it's like I was almost like a throw-in. That's how I felt. But eventually, um, I just had to re realize that uh, you ain't Sheik. But that kind of motivated me, though. <laughs> I put myself... And I don't know, man, I think that's a, you know, when you think of the three of y'all, man, I think that's a hard thing to to even consider any of y'all actually chic. And honestly, even Styles. Uh, you know, I don't know what group y'all could be compared to or what 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 group of people that y'all could be compared to. 
Because although uniquely different, man, there's I think there's an arena in which the way you wordplay and the metaphors and the similes, man, and the thought process of creativity, man, and all of this stuff that's just dope. And the only reason why I actually asked for the rank because it was going to segue into my question of being the oldest brother. Because at the time, in the beginning, I thought Sean was the older brother. But, you know, finding out that you was the older brother, man, like as an older brother, musically, how do you feel about your younger brothers? How proud of them are you? And so on and so forth, man. I mean, and for me, I just like like the, the perspective of, of how do you create being the big brother, setting the bar standard and the example for your younger brothers? Well, I'm going to answer the how do I feel about them first. I feel very proud that I've seen what I've seen. Like I went to Albany in November to uh, see my brother and Smoke perform and they got their field mob day plaques. I was like, I didn't even know that was going to happen. But then before before they performed, Carlo and Kaya performed. And it's like, my heart was just, it, it just made my day to be able to see Carlo and Kaya and Sean and Smoke at the same venue. Not to mention all the other people like Big Nod, the Cotton Pickers, uh, No Good, um, all these other people that I, uh, um, the campaign, Swish Man and JAG2, all these people I'm looking at that I know personally, I'm watching all these folks, but at the same time, my both my brothers and their other half musically is performing. So I'm very proud. Sean um, done stuff that I wish I could have done, but by him doing it, I felt like I did it. Sean been on Wild and Out. I, I really would love to go on Wild and Out. I'm made for that kind of show. Sean did Rap City. One of my goals, I always wanted to go in the book. I wasn't going to write shit. I was just going to go in there and freestyle and just enjoy that shit with Tigger. I seen Tigger in a club up here, and I looked at that nigga like, oh, I'm supposed to have been on like a show, but, but um, it's super proud. It's, a, it's like it's very humbling to have that kind of success in your family and to know not monetary value, but to know those both of those boys individually are worth millions. Because I mean, it they are very talented. My I got some talented ass brothers, but agree. And they all good. Like Sean can actually he got an iPad, he got a, like a tablet where he draws, illustrates people and shit, like characters and shit dope as fuck um it's just so much they can do and it's just like it's just a proud thing to see it the, the only thing is i wish i could have been the keenan ivory waynes to put everybody out there because that's what i always wanted to do even no matter if i would have made it first i would have really wanted to y'all got to get out here but you know stuff happened like it happened so you just kind of go with it but it's super humbling to see that and i love that in my brothers, very proud of both of them. How much Coca Cola is in that can? <laughs> it's, it's, it's a little bit left, man. It's a little bit left. Look, it, it look like a, it's like a twenty ounce Coca Cola in a can. <laughs> now, it's on a twelve. It's on a twelve. I got right, a little bit of pull up. I'm like, it's like you drinking twenty ounces out of that twelve ounce can, man. So let let's get into the. I want to leave the music for a little bit, man. And let's go into tattoos. When when did you, first of all, have you drawn anything on yourself? Have you done any of your own work on your own self? That's why I started. 
Let's talk about that tattoo. What is it? It's the Eye of Horus. I put it on my wrist. Why that um, tattoo? Yeah, yeah. Huh? Why, why, why that tattoo? I like what I if you if you Google it, you I like what it represented. Um, and it was just I found a place for it that I knew I wanted it, and um, and Sean actually got it, but I didn't think about Sean had it at the time, but he actually got it too on on one of his wrists or arms or something, but. I wanted it. I wanted something that meant something, but I also wanted something that if I look back in ten years, I'd be like, "Boy, that's your first tattoo, boy," and that'd be a little good. Cause it's just like, a, it's, yeah, you like, you know, it's like a checkpoint. You know what I'm saying? Like this is where right. I started. This, this is where I started. So, um, I want to do tattoos straight out of high school. Um, I wanted to because I didn't. It, it kind of came to me. Uh, in Albany, they had a tattoo artist called American Horse, uh, white guy on broad. I went to him because he was pretty much our best rider there at that time. But I went to him a few times when I did. He always did the second I got, he did my back, and he was like, "Who draws? Hey man, who do this for you? Who brings you these?" I said, "I do those," because, and I don't know how I knew this. Everything I took to him had only what he needed to do the stencil. Like, I don't know if you know about tattoos, but you know, you, you got to get a stencil of a, like a sketch of something so a person can go off if, if you want this specific piece. So he like, how did you know to do that? And I like, I mean, it just seemed like that's all you needed. I didn't want to put all the extra stuff in there because, I mean, you know that, but I just wanted to give you what I think you need. And he was like, you can, if you did this, you can do tattoos. Now, my mama, who is a chronic Warrior, she like fire marshal bill. Like, <laughs> if you tell her, uh, I'm finna go to the Hawks game. Oh, you better be careful. You know they shooting out there. They be shooting in Atlanta. I mean, I said, Mama, they shooting. Right? Did you just say fire marshal bill? <laughs> Any scenario you get, my mama, she gonna, she might as well say, let me show you something, cause she gonna break down what can go wrong. And I'm talking, it'd be like in 0.5 seconds, she has a full scenario what can go wrong. So she said, I don't think you need to go there. You never know the folk might do it. Because they wanted me to go down there to Florida with them and to different places, you know, learn the arts. So I didn't do it because of her. And it's so crazy how time, I, I didn't do it, but it's always in my mind. I even used to study this shit. I got a notebook over there in my art notebook. I printed off designs that I wanted to start trying to tattoo in the 90s. Like simple tribal things and stuff. But I, I put that shit away and I just started working. But then I get up here in Atlanta and it's just like I'm making good money at Coke. Like I'm making like 70 something a year. And at the same time, just like, boy, you ain't happy with this shit, but like you ain't gonna retire from there. And I just really was trying to figure life out. And then tattoos was just what it was. And then my friend, she was like, if you draw draw as good as you draw, I know you can do it. You can make a lot of money doing that. And from there, it was just like, why ain't I doing that? So I ordered the little starter kit. And studied and like I ain't tell nobody none of this shit. So when it just bam, bam, I did a tattoo. Hey man, what happened? Like it just came out, but it's like something I've been studying forever. It's like I felt like I was in school. Get out of work, study tattoos. And I did that for a long time. But like even though I've been out, but I didn't tell nobody. Cause I had to make sure I got it with music. I just bust out. I know this shit ain't good, but listen to it. Don't listen to the delivery, nothing. Just listen to the words. And, you know, some folks are like, he's garbage. He can't do this. He can't do that. But I use that for motivation because I knew it was going to, like, 
talk shit now, but just remember that when I'm one of the when I'm killing your friends on a song one day, just remember that. But you know, ain't nobody gonna come to me and tell me that. But with tattoos, I kind of like you know I, I I gotta learn this shit, and I did, and they pay my mortgage now, so I guess it worked out. Dang, and then one one thing too about it, man. I guess with the, the difference between the, the the artistry of rapping and the artistry of tattooing, with rapping, man, it's it's just you rapping, and however they feel about how you sound or what it sounds is one thing. But another thing about actually drawing on somebody's body, like tattoo, you know what I'm saying? Like, is there ever is is there or has there ever been? a design that you did that because I've seen some man and I wasn't gonna pull some up but I changed my mind I decided that too um but it, it, are there any designs that you did that you either was like questionable on or you just hey look this is all free expression free form whatever you want I'm gonna do it no matter it's your money your body and I'm just gonna do it man it's so funny to ask that um I did a girl's breast recently. Um, on her nipples, she got like a, a, a devil's heart with, with a tail. Like a, the hearts over her nipples where they got horns and like a tail with a, like a point on it. I have never posted something and got so many comments. They weren't all good. No one said the work was bad, but they were like, why would she get that? One person said, I can't, yeah, I, what happened to just not just doing stuff for money? And, and in my mind, I was just like, the little thing people didn't know, this, this, this woman is a stripper. She already had like some spider web shit around her nipples. So it was technically a cover up. So in her world, I said, I asked her, I made sure she got exactly what she wanted. And the shit came out good. Like, um, I even heard one comedian said you should have tattooed on some titties. Like, I can't control that. But I mean, to me, I wouldn't have done it if I thought it was a bad idea. I've had bad ideas. Just today, I had a guy come over here. He wanted to cover up. I told him, everything you're showing me is not going to cover this. I could take your money and do it because that's like $500 job earlier today. But I, uh, he can come tomorrow. And if he finds something better or we come up with something better, I'll do it. I wanted that $500, but I wasn't going <laughs> But, you know, I, like, I'm not going to cheat him and just, like, I'm going to take his money and do it. I don't give a fuck. Because I've talked to a lot of people out of tattoos, like, hey, man, no, nah, I don't. You don't want this. Like, I've had guys who look like they got a little something about themselves. Want that goddamn, like, something on their face right here. One boy wanted a machine gun going down his cheek. I don't, I don't know. I can't grow no hair right here anyway, so fuck it. Just put, I want an AK-47. AK I want an AK-47 going down there. Say, man, I'm not doing that. Why, man? He's like, I got your bread right here. It's your money. I'm like, uh, you, 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 you got a future, man. You just said you're doing this, this, and that. I, I can't do that to you. This right here, don't you? You, I can't do you like that. So that I really don't do it. I, of course, it pays bills. It's profitable, but I turned down some shit before. Um, I got a girl right now, one of my tattoo models want some shit right here on her, like, oh, like from forehead to eyebrows, she wants some shit right there. I'm like, I'm not doing that to you. No, not. Because if it's what, impulsive, I'm like, nah. What What do you think, it, was, it might not even be a thought, what makes people want to get some of the, these tattoos? What, what inspired, do you have those conversations? Like, what makes you think to get this face art done? Like, 
I mean, I know some, some stuff is tribal. If if you look at you know the different the different areas of the world, but where we at in America, man, literally, I guess you could say we ain't connected to all of these people that actually do this stuff for tribal rights and they have their bodies covered. You know, like I I think in my mind, and I'm gonna let you answer your question, answer my question rather. I think in my mind, man, we're we're getting so far from who we are, trying to find who we are, that we're just picking up any and everything to do to be connected to something so that we feel like somebody. But again, back to the question though, you from your I, experience, I think, um, your conversations. Everybody, everybody. That's a great picture to take right there. I think somebody called you and you got frozen. You good now. You good now. <laughs> um, I think that with some of these choices, people are very impulsive, and I, I don't like to go for the impulsive look, or uh, so people just trying to find themselves. Like even, I've had some people with the perfect complexion, like it's gonna look dope on you if I do it, but it's just like nah, man. But with the way the world is going, like I've seen a one of I know a guy that got tattoos right here on his like his temple and over his eyebrow. He got hired at Coke. Now, or they hired him to be more than just a warehouse worker, probably not. But it jobs are doing that more. Like I've went in places in Atlanta. I say I went places and you see tattoos on a person's cheek, forearm, or like it's, the world is kind of not so tense on that no more but it's on to like a certain level like i've never seen a manager or a supervisor with shit in their face like that but pretty soon you might see store owners or business owners with that shit it's, so it's it's an expression and i don't i'm forever with expression but right you got to have a mean it's got to have a meaning to it and it's got to be something that ain't gonna you're gonna regret like i don't do a tattoo some people do a tattoo knowing damn well that this shit is not cool I don't do those. Like I, you can probably not like me later for that, but you I mean you like me later for that. But I like if you want to get a W between your eyebrows, I'm not gonna do it because it don't make sense. You, we, your name, I, you, I get the branding, but nah, man, there's so many other ways you do that. Put it right here on your arm. Yeah, and that's the thing, man. With me, man, like I'm actually surprised that I got brands because I, I've never, you know, really wanted tattoos or anything like that. I don't have a tattoo now. You know what I'm saying? If it weren't for the brand, I wouldn't have nothing on my body but this this skin. <laughs> this, this, for some this reason, tattoo. I just knew you ain't had tattoos. I knew you didn't. I know you mentioned that, but I know you didn't. Yeah, man, no no tattoos at all, man. And I, I mean, my my aunt, she was gonna pay for several tattoos. My best friend, he was gonna pay for some tattoos. We actually had a goal, man. If we had reached a certain financial goal by the end of 2020, we were gonna get matching uh, tattoos, man. And uh, we didn't reach the goal, so I don't got a tattoo. <laughs> So, so I <laughs> let's go to the 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 painting sips, man. Uh, what what made you start hosting those, man? Hosting the painting sips is kind of like the best of many worlds. Um, I am far from camera shy, so I get to uh, dig back into the crates when I was in high school. Uh, in art class, I used to have to impersonate Bob Ross, the old, you know, the white guy with the afro. Because mm -hmm. I was like silly as fucking school. And they'd be like, I'm going to do Bob Ross. So I'd be like, 
just gonna paint these happy little trees, tap, 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 tap. And shit like that. But now, fast forward, I'm really Bob Ross because I'm teaching you how to paint. People come in there, come to, when I go to a sip and paint, they I don't know how to paint. I can't draw a straight line. But at the end of the day, they got a pretty decent picture. Now they're dope sometimes and they just be like amazed because laughter and good jokes and my vibe and energy, you don't even remember that you can't draw no more. You just laugh and having fun trying to do some shit. Now I ain't like, granted, sometimes alcohol is my best friend because I don't drink, but we encourage it and it does help. But at the same time, <laughs> we encourage it. <laughs> yeah, you know how um you go to the club and drink, you get liquid courage. I said when you're drinking in a sipping paint, you get liquid, you get liquid Picasso. Because instead of just being scared of paint, you just got down just free. Because art is a is art is a vibe and an expression of you. So if me and you draw the same barn, hell, you might put your uh fraternity on that bit somewhere. Hell, I might draw a moon and have that little ET silhouette with him and the boy on the bicycle on that. You know, it just right. make a joke. So it always works. It's, it's always a good thing. And it's doing a sipping paint. Let me show you what happened with the sipping paints. I, I did a sipping paint for I, I charged anywhere from 25 to 35 a head to do the sipping paint. Um, had like 40 people at this last one. Imagine this at the sipping paint. I got tattoo clients. People mm -hmm. who see more, people see more, they want tattoos. Two or three in there want another sipping paint. Few of them follow me on social media. They follow me on social media. So it's like I'm building as I'm going because I just, it's a good vibe. And I hate to admit it, but once you get a taste of our fun, you kind of want to keep them around. You know, it's like when you, whatever your favorite food is, once you try it, you're like, I like this. Hey, that's a slogan, man. You should put that on a shirt or something like that. Once you get a taste of our fun, you're going to want to keep them around. Like that's pretty, pretty nice little slogan there, brother. Pretty nice little slogan. What's your favorite? Uh, tattoo that you've done that you can remember that you've actually done not that you have and what was probably the most what was the best time you might have had at a sipping paint with the art that they had to create that you presented i my favorite tattoo uh i got different ones i did a dragon ball z tattoo on a girl's leg like the outer part of her calf on the side she fucking flipped when she saw her leg come to life because she'd been wanting this tattoo forever, but she said she could never find nobody who could get her visual. I know why Dragon Ball Z a day of my life, but I listened to the girl. I went home, I researched, and I drew a picture of the whole little world she wanted, which I still don't understand because I don't never watch the show. But that touched me because she cried. And she's always on social media showing the tattoo. Like, if she's in the, like, you know how girls take their sexy little Instagram and Snapchat videos? She's in the tub, but she gonna move that leg over. So you can, like, in between this little bath water, you gonna see that, you gonna see Goku in the water. And I, and that's dope as fuck to me. Um, so I've done some cover ups of people that just like, um, trying to get rid of something from their past so they want to remove it. You know, like you might have a tattoo when you were young, but now you grown, you want to show it. I just didn't want you, so, yesterday, she got a divorce and got like the laugh and cry later face on here, but the tattoo really wasn't to her liking. And 
I put like uh, peacock feathers over it and a little beaded chain with an onk on it. She said, what made you think of that? And I said, well, yeah, you're trying to get better. I listen to what she said when we talk, because when I have a consultation, I'm listening and I'm visualizing. Because if I talk to any, anytime I ever had a conversation, I see what we're talking about. I, I'm very visual. So I, I love those kind. Um, I know a lady that got a keloid in Albany, about this big on her thigh. She never wore shorts and she damn near, I think she turned 57 yesterday. She never wore shorts really because she was ashamed of that little keloid. When, when, when are you born? What's your zodiac sign? I'm an Aquarius. Okay. So that keloid that's on her thigh is being held by a woman. And that keloid is now a basket pouring water out. And Whoa. yeah. And that's what I love about it. That's why I can't have a certain one because they hit me so different. It's almost like I can imagine Drake, if you ask him what's his favorite song he did, he might have a favorite, but you're going to think about it. So many reasons I like all these songs. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, it, they all got a lot of stuff I did got meanings to them. And then when your artists, the people you work on actually are sharing your shit, because you can do it, you can do the dopest tattoo for somebody, but they might not share it because they don't want nobody else to know who they went to. Dumb as fuck to me, but that's what we do. But then when people are sharing your work, you just like, damn, man, I like, I, I feel that. I love that. So I would say I don't really have a favorite, or I'm saying I haven't done it yet. But I have a lot of them that I love. Every time I see them or think about them, I scroll through my own little page, be like, damn, boy, finally. Because <laughs> I was stuck in a phase at one point where I'm just doing infinity symbols, a heart or a rose. I literally wanted to quit what I was doing, but that's just kind of like going in. It's like when you grow dreads, I imagine. I was in that stage right there when you're doing this right here, you know, like, my shit ain't long yet. But then, you know, I hate when they do this, but I understand it. People dreads get a little longer and they do like this right here. Like, you know, they gotta, gotta flip it back some because they got a little hang time. Probably right. <laughs> but they ain't doing this no more. So they always look like like I was at that stage. Now, now if I had my, if my tattooing was dreads, it'd be right here. I can put them in a ponytail and everything now. So, you know, I done, I done came a long way. Man. That that that's funny, man. So to the question of like at the sipping pains, man, what if you can think of one of your favorites uh, that you show? Because you're you, again, you said you're pay, you're picking out your art and you're bringing it out for them to draw, correct? Yeah. yeah. So yeah. What, what's been your favorite display? Well, I was working at painting with a twist at one time doing, it. and I would say my favorite sipping paints are probably the ones I'm doing for myself. Mm. Because working at Painting with a Twist, I already realized, I realized at Painting with a Twist that I'm the damn twist. Like, I'm the artist, I'm the performer, and I'm hosting. It's just I'm getting paid by you to let me use your facility. And then, you know, you're going to tell me, you did great. Everyone loves you, but you need to do mm. this. I want you to do this. Now that I work on it on just for me, I don't have to, I don't have to be critiqued when realistically all my clients are like, they I love you. We're gonna get you again for this, you that. And that pain with the sweet, the same thing. We love you, we love you, we love you. But 
now it's just it means more because you're doing that for me. You could have went anywhere in the world, but you here with me. You book me. And that's how I feel about every time anybody ever booked me. It's a million tattoo artists in Atlanta. They got hella sipping paints in businesses or individuals. But for some reason, some come to me. So I just feel like when they do that, I owe them. And it's like forever humbling. You see the room got lights on it, right? Somebody paid for that. I don't I don't have a other income. I work for me. So I don't have no hill. I don't have no hill here. So basically it's like people support my business, help me through everything. So it's like it's it's one of the things where sometimes you think you just like, damn man, I'm actually people do fuck with me. Like this is a this a blessing, man. The universe smiles upon me. Look, you you have you have uh, some sort of now I want to say some sort of but this autonomy I, I, that word just keep you know popping out right and so you you have this this self governing uh, power and this ability to to control what happens to you uh, in a sense and, and how it goes. And so before before I wrap up before I wrap us up, man, I, I want to ask, what do you put into the planning and the preparation and marketing to ensure uh, that you always meet? you know, that goal or do you just have enough saved, you know what I'm saying? A certain amount of money. And I don't want to, I ain't trying to count your pocket, so to speak, but like, was there a certain amount of money that you had saved? Cause now boom, I'm going to take this leap and this jump. Or was it like, bump it, man. I'm just out of here and I'm just going to like try it. And now I just got to strategically budget and plan. Like what, what's that process like for you? Well, you're a man of God. I, if I don't know nothing else about you, I know you, who you believe in and what your faith is. So you'll understand this even probably more than I have. Um, for one, it wasn't I had no money. Trust me, it wasn't that. I didn't have and I do not have. But um, like Andre said, if it don't move your feet, don't we, if, if, uh, if it don't move your feet, then I don't eat. I'm in that situation right now. But if you don't like my next song, my last song, I need to make a new song because I need your feet moving, basically. But um. Long story short, working um, 2020, I've been, since February 18th of 2020, I've been working solely for myself because I got fired. Um, wow, I, I didn't even know that. I was at Coke almost six years, man. Um, I got diagnosed at Coke with severe depression and severe anxiety. My grandmama had died a few months. She died in J July. Um, just unhappy with like my brother Sean going through a lot or be going through a lot. That shit weigh a lot on me. I never really talk about it. I don't have people to talk to, but um, that shit really was weighing on me. What's going on with my brother? My mama had three strokes since I lived up here. I used to question, damn, should I have moved away? Because like, you know, moving away, the hardest part was I know my grandmama gonna die on me. I know my mama gonna die on me. I know my daddy gonna die on me. And I'm gonna, I'm missing their, their last years because I'm up here. But um, fast forward back to your question because I will get off topic easily. Well, nah, because no, 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 you on top, man. I think I want to go there since since you brought up me being a man of God, you brought up faith, and I may understand it more than you do. I don't believe that, but you know what I'm saying. What I what I do believe is that there's a reason for everything, especially in those conversations. So let, let's back up, man. Um, with even that thought, because and, and it's relatable because I'm back at home by choice, mm, second nature. You know what I'm saying? Because it wasn't my first choice to come home. When I came home, and this is just a gist, right? So I came home 2014. My uncle passed 2012, 2013, something like that. Um, and I came back home. My aunt, mom, grandma, they were all ready for me to come back. And 
you know, so I, I, I came, I came back home and just even the thought of like leaving and moving now is, is more like, hmm, I'm trying to, it's like, you, I'm trying to stay around and just like, it's like, it, it sounds bad, but it's like, you're trying to wait your family out. You know, so I want to like, I want to live a full life, but I feel like I can't live a full life because you guys are still living. And if I'm gone, if I'm away, it's like, well, when you coming home, when you going to be here? Are you missing everything? Because you're doing this, that, and thirst on and so forth. So it's like, it's like a waiting game. One of these days, somebody can yeah. call me and text me and tell me that you passed. And as hurtful as it's going to be, and instead it's going to be, there's a certain level of liberty because now well, you, we think that there's a certain level of uh, liberty that'll come from that, but... You know, just hearing you, I think it's almost like for me, it's like if you wait until somebody something tragic happens to leave, the tragedy has the ability to keep you from leaving again anyway. So with with that, the question I want to ask is what pushed you to leave, even with those thoughts of grandma and pops have the potential of passing away while I'm gone. What, what, what made you still say, you know what, but I gotta do it? I had, um, I didn't, I really tried to shrug it off when it happened. I moved here in on September, uh, July 20th of 2015. Before I left Albany, I worked at Sam's Club. I got promoted to the overnight lead for a stock team. One night, talked to an associate. I went the distance a person will probably go from their front door to their mailbox, you know, walk down the driveway, go check your mailbox. When I came back, this guy was on the floor, kind of twitching. Long story short, he died in my hands. Um, I had to call his people, call the ambulance. It's just like, it fucked with me and I could be in this bed sleep in, in a week or three months. I'm going to remember that. But what that showed me was, but we ain't on our time. So while this, all he wanted to do was transfer to North Carolina because his daughter was finna have her first child and he was going to be there for her daughter. Could do that left. So he was just finna be there. I'm finna be there for my daughter's child. Died. But it put a lot of things in perspective for me as far as like, but people really walk around earth acting like they, God told him, you know, you've got seven, eight more years here. You're fine. Or, you know, you got three days left, my nigga. You better make some choices quick. Like, you don't get that update. So, um, I, my grandmama told me she don't want me to leave, but she understand. My mama told me I don't want you to leave. It's a lot of things that can happen to you up there. But I went to my mama different from my grandmama. I told my grandmama, I asked her what she thought. I told my mama I'm going because my mama kind of has always had that fire marshal bill and shit of what can go wrong. And I was like, mama, Albany was a murder capital. It's a lot of people dying in Albany. I, I got, I can stay here where I've never made more than 30000 a year. Or I can go here, make double, almost triple, and then be able to take care of people from a distance. It's two and a half hour drive. Y'all come here, I come there, it can work. Uh, I was so determined, I was going to, I was going to go to Atlanta and get this job at Coke, even if I had to drive to work every day. I didn't know where I was going to stay, but I knew I was going to work because I knew what I had to do. And when it came down to it, I, I just, at some point in life, I realized, dog, you do a lot of shit for people. 
but are you doing something for yourself? Kind of like when Kevin Durant left the OKC to go to Golden State. He woke up and made a choice for himself. Everybody wanted to stay in OKC, but that man said, when he woke up, I'm going to play with Golden State. It was just that simple. Because I thought about it a while, and I said, when my homeboy told me about the job, I need to go fill out that application because I needed to do better. And something my instinct told me, if I take this job, it can lead to a lot of other things, which it has. Coke did his job for me. Before I knew at some point they were going to fire me because I'm very rebellious, I'm vocal, and I don't take no shit. You can't tell, you can't be a supervisor that got hired in a year and tell me who's been promoted all the time at work. I, I was I was the top level associate. I got promoted hella times in within the first year. How you gonna tell me after I've been there almost six years what I'm not doing right when you can't even do what I'm doing? So I never took shit from them. And you know, that's kind of that's not what that's kind of kind of risky, but I ain't give a fuck because I stand on who I am. And um I started making preparations to be ready. If whenever they fire me, I can't just be out here looking stupid. So five years, five and a half years under my belt at sea. I mean, Coke bought my house, but I didn't go buy the house I could have bought. I could have bought a house cost more just to stunt or you know, like try to impress people. Right. I bought a reasonable house with a good floor plan. I love the house. I got but I knew if I get fired tomorrow, I should be all right. If I would have got this five-bedroom house that I really want, how I'm going to do this by myself? I ain't got no help. But I put my I thought about that. And I was looking at all the other options. We're like, you know what, man? Do it. Keep working what you're doing. Like, I've been doing tattoos. I'm working at Sip and Paint. I'm doing all this work because some point, too, going to be gone. But I got to make sure I got my shit up to par so I don't fall out. And I am. I ain't gonna say it don't be tough. December was rough, but I'm sweating around this bitch. Like, god damn, how I'm gonna pay all this shit. But December was rough. January been pretty good. So I mean, it's all it's this last day of January. January was pretty good. February, like it's gonna be even better. And Texas been hit, so we bite, as my brother don't say, we bite. <laughs> I really jumped out on faith, man, to move here, to do what I'm doing right now. And I don't never, Carlo told me the other day, he don't even know what I believe in spiritually because I never talk about it. Because I don't, I mean, it's here though. Like, I, I don't care if folks say God or the universe. I just know here, I know that I've done, I, I two chains said in the song, I don't put so many on, I can't fall off. I really believe that. I did a lot of good. And I've done my share bad, but I know my good is I, I, I'm reaping benefits of that, and I'm trying to keep reaping. There, there's a place in the Bible, man, that I that I had to even quote myself uh, a couple of days ago. It said, "Love covers a multitude of sins." Now I can't say that I actually know the context. Mm -hmm. of you know, I, I can't say that I know the context of it all, man. But I apply it when necessary and when necessary because it, me too. Even, even even being who I am and having the titles and the positions, man, that somebody had given me as it relates to the spiritual world and stuff, saying like that, love covers the multitude of sins. So whether that was the love of God through his son that covers all of our sins or whether that's our actions, the good that we do or that we try and that we attempt, that covers the bad in what we do. You understand what I'm saying? And so, I mean, I, I, yeah. just, do, I just do what I do, man, because I tell people all the time, the love that I have uh, is not mine. So I just get it. You know what I'm saying? So when people try to dictate to me who I who I can and can't talk to, where I should or shouldn't go, and who I should be with and be around, and all of those things, even though 
man, I go on the soapbox. But the reality of it is that I get it. You know what I'm saying? I I, I do get it. Um, with um, with the 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 thought of let's just say relationship why you say yeah, I don't got nobody yeah you know I don't got nobody to talk to and or uh, you know what I'm saying? I don't got nobody to help me with this why is capital A R capital B O N single or is he single man and when it comes to that I'm gonna give you something else that I ain't told nobody I, I'm working on books like writing books being an author I got like seven in my head that's probably the worst place for them but from what I read so far, they're great books, but um, one book is, I don't know the title, but it's going to be over this concept of what I used to, what I, and this is fucked up to say, I'm going to just put that out there now, but from my life experiences, I'm an umbrella, and the reason I say that is because, well, where your umbrella at right now? I can leave my own umbrella. Perfect. Um. What you notice how you know, like when you go to some if, if, if I had an umbrella, uh, now in this season, the umbrella would either probably be like in a closet or an umbrella rack or something like that. If it was raining, the umbrella would be, you know, what I'm saying either outside on the door because it was wet or just covered up, wrapped up on the floor somewhere next to a wall. It ain't, but think about it, it ain't no thing you check on every day, though. It's something sure. you'll walk by a hundred times and never pay attention to it for sure. Um, Unless you needed it. <laughs> it had to be raining to get the umbrella out. I, I, I get where you're going. I get where you're going. And when I told somebody that I really cared about that, they were like, fuck. Like, she, I literally heard on the phone with my friend, like, that shit hurt. It hurt her for me. And I ain't saying she treated me like that, but she, we just having a conversation, and I just told her. Because we were having the same conversation. So, yeah, I'm an umbrella. Or like I told Carlo um, on his podcast, that movie, The Expendables, I could relate to that because it's like, or my one of my favorite movies that I am obsessed with is Rambo. Because this motherfucker fought for the country, did everything y'all asked him to do. But when he came back, he ain't had shit. They locked, they tried to lock him up. They fucking with him. So it's almost like one of the things where I learned over time. And uh, I'm, I'm steadily trying to work on that because being an umbrella makes you realize, like, some, it's sometimes my phone ring, man. I know you want something. You're not just going to come out and say, hey, man, can I get this? Or can I hold this? Or can you do this? But they should, because what they do is, yeah, man, how everything going? Um, yeah. Um, What's up with your dog? You watch the game lately? Hey, man, I need this. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, just, sure. if, I'm, if, I'm, if I'm an umbrella, just, you see it's raining outside, just grab me. Just, just get it over with, man. Cause it's like that's how I see it. And as far as being single, it's like it took me a long time because of things that happened as I was growing up. It took me a long time to allow myself to fairly love a person, and I'm a very loving person. That's I, I talk about it so often now because I know if I was like that, I ain't the only one. Like, I grew up listening to Ballin' G, Too Short, and all that. That shit affected me because I started seeing the trends in women. And you're like, man, fuck these bitches. That's how I felt. Like, you know what? Like, you know, I see how they use people. Then going on the road, I saw a lot. 
it made me on the road. It made me just like, I ain't, I, don't, I ain't got time for this shit. Cause I, I wasn't a guy that gonna just fuck because Sean and Smoke fuck, and I'm gonna go fuck a bitch just cause. Like I'm looking at it like, damn, this, she don't give a fuck about me. She just trying to get in. She'll fuck me if they fuck Sean and Smoke tomorrow, probably. Like I, I looked at that. And Carlo, Nate, I, I say a lot about Carlo because of what we talking about. Sean has conversation with me too, but it's like Carlo told me I've seen too much. I've seen and being with married women when I was like younger. I've seen people cheating. I've seen a lot of shit. I've seen, because I, I hang with women. I, I know they're dirt. I'm a dude. I know they're dirt. So here I am in the middle who I know everything. So it's like that kind of haunt me sometimes when like I see stuff and I'm very smart. I see the end in the beginning. I'll let you, I'll let you play me like a fool because a man once told me it's better to understand than to be understood. If I know what your intentions are, you don't got to know that I know what you're you trying to do. I'm going to let you do it or try to do it. So when it comes to women, it's like I never wanted a child and not be married because I didn't want to be a, da- a baby dad that can't see my child. And then um, I also big in family. I didn't want that fake Bill Cosby shit. I wanted a real family. But in Atlanta, it's like everybody here is after a dollar. And I know I, I know a lot of good women. I will not lie, but I know some great women, wife material. They might not see me like that. Or they might be got something going on with something else in their life. Or I know a person like a, some people that might see me for the husband type. But we you communication is big to me. Honesty is big to me. Like I don't I don't want to be with a person looking on my shoulder like they'd be alive. I know they'd be alive. Or look at this motherfucker. She cheating on me. Like I I want that shit to be organic, genuine, and Something I could at this point in my life, I got a house. I got a house I paid for, two cars I paid for, and that's not bragging because it's not like I got the greatest of either. But I am the table right now. So if a person when when they come in, I want you to be at least business got some kind of business mind. Hell, I, I, I I've had conversations with a, with the potential and be like, hey, let's uh, what what kind of business you want? What you want to do? Because I mean, I don't want just a pretty face to just like, I don't want a trophy wife. I want um, a business partner. Like, so it's kind of hard, even though you might even know who it is or have an idea of who it can be. You just gotta, like, if I'm on page 79 and they're on page seven, we, we gotta get that book, we gotta get on the same page. And that's the hardest part. So, and I salute people like you or anybody who got that. I know it always look better on the outside than on the inside. Cause my life gonna be like that too. Whenever I get somebody, we could be just fighting like cats, dogs. I'm gonna come on Facebook and be like, y'all, y'all need tattoo holler. I ain't gonna go out there and bash them or nothing, but I yeah, I need a I need a real partner. I'm trying to work on a real partner. And that shit take time. Now, granted, you could see me on Instagram or in six months. I in Vegas, I done got married. Like it, it, it just it just happened. And you be like, damn, where did that come from? Because when it's right, it's right. That's how I feel. But yeah, man, right now I've just been so focused on getting our bond shit together. Now our bond shit is coming around the mountain. So, you know, I'm kind of like, I be in the bed sometimes like, damn, boy, it would be nice to come home. Like when I get done with a tattoo, day of doing a bunch of tattoos, it'd be nice to have somebody here cooking for me. Or, you know, like when I get in the bed at the end of the night, I go snuggle up and cuddle feet with my wife. You know, that would be nice. But I, I, it's coming. Just like everything else, man, it's a process.
My boy, man, that incredible conversation, man. Definitely gotta have. I always say like that, man. Definitely gotta have a part two. You know what I'm saying? Because there's so much more, man. Because and, and the reason why they gotta be a part two because I think I, I envision being able to just whether it's podcasts or Zoom or it's Facebook Live or whatever it is, man, I envision being able to just take topics out there and then just have conversations. Because I know that there are people who want to ask me more questions or want to... I may say it one way to one person then say it a different way to another person. You know what I'm saying? And then sometimes the answer is just what the answer is. Um, yeah. But I, I will say that you, you, you know, inspired, triggered, solidified, confirmed, affirmed, a lot of things as it relates to me, just in, as it relates to decision-making, man, because Again, art is an expression of us in this preform. In my opinion, love is art. Uh, life is. is art. Time is art. You know what I'm saying? Decisions is art. And it's just, you know, our ability to be able to either follow the person who is saying, you know, tick, 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 line. You you get what I'm saying? And so those things, yeah. I'm, with, I, I'm always on like, man, when you coming out with the music and when I think about, you know what I'm saying? You, I knew you was going to ask me that. Uh, I empathize with Andre. You know what I'm saying? Because truthfully, for me, man, there are a lot of people who think that I should be doing and, and should have been doing, uh, could and would have been doing, man. And I'm like, man, these people who, it's crazy. The people who are supposed to know you the best or know you the most throughout the craziest cliche things for you to do. Mm -hmm. I, remember being, I remember being younger, probably about 10 years ago, man. My mom was like, you coming out here for the family you do this at 30, man? Everybody wants you to come out here to be out there. Mama, I ain't nobody porch monkey. They only want me to come down here because they want me, they want to have a good time. And if nobody calls and yeah. invites me for any other reason or calls and check in and check on me, but when everybody come together and they want to have a good time, you got to call Trey, man. That That's unfair to me. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's unfair to me. But and you were saying something earlier that made me think about, you know, a part of something that I posted today. Like, even though I'm going through what I'm going through and dealing with what I'm dealing with, man, people need me to be me. But it's it's because yes. I'm an it's because I'm a hyper enabler. Like I'm not just a regular enabler. I'm a hyper enabler. I can always say, "Yeah, I'm going through this, and I'm feeling this that, and third, But you know what's going on? What's happening? They're going to interject their feelings, and then too, I don't want to. I don't want people to feel like they gotta they gotta be make themselves insignificant or that whatever it is that I'm dealing with. Because now I'm finally dealing with something. I'm finally vocal. Now you got to put your it's some people that go through some church all the time and every day, man. You know what I'm saying? Without them just realizing and or admitting that it's them. Like, it's you. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, it's, you it's, the it's, problem. Right. Without them just admitting that, yo, it's you. Recently, I've been able to, I mean, I've been more apologetic. You know what I'm saying? I've been more apologetic lately. And sometimes I've been like, you know what, Trey? It is you. You're just a hyper enabler, man. You know what I'm saying? You see and the fine people. I, I, I am too. Yeah, man. I you, am too. I'm you, working you on that, though. Yeah, man, you see those people in need, man. It's just like this, this rescue, this savior complex. You feel like you gotta rescue people. You feel like you gotta help people. And I admitted to my homie, uh, emo one day, man. I'm like, bro, I think I actually, I didn't say this term, but for lack of verbatim, you know what I'm saying? Like, I was like, yo, I think I get off to the fact that like people need me. Like, I think that does something. You know what I'm saying to be needed. But I don't know, man. It, uh, you know, it, you know, one of my problems. You know, my thing is with that though. Um, in every sense of the word, I like making people feel good and be happy. Yeah. And, and it's like, I've had situations where on my own, I'm trying to get up, let's say $150. I'm trying to get up $150 to pay something, but you need $45 and your light bill will be paid. 
I'm gonna give you that 45 and start over. But like say if I got sixty dollars, I'm gonna give you the forty five because that'll solve your problem. I know the universe got my back, and I or I know if it's meant for me, I do it. I will give you that. So I and I just start over, bro. And sometimes I don't think you should do that. It's crazy. It's crazy that you use the example because I think I actually used a similar example to somebody else talking about like yo, it's crazy, bro. Like if I got. If we the goal is 100, I got 60, you need 40, and I give you that 40. And I got like, what sense does that make? Like, we don't, we don't even, I mean, I even put that in my post too, man. Like, I don't believe in it when it as it relates to like certain deaths. I don't believe in the whole like, well, you know, God had a plan and God knows best. Like, nah, man, get out of here. Stop blaming God on that junk. You know what I'm saying? Some of we we know better ourselves. We could have just done better. It's all the art in making the decision. Sometimes we we misplace faith, in my opinion, and we take unnecessary chances and risk. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Like it, it, it's it's crazy, man. But this was an incredible interview to me, man. Like, like I said, I had to, you know, wanted, wanted to switch it up, man. And then when you shift gears, man, I just followed the flow with you, man, because I, I think in, in this time, it's not even just about being an entrepreneur, but more so than not, we've seen so many self-help books, shows podcasts, new leaders, new new uh, personas, new all of these things, man. But while all of this self-help stuff and when, when all of the affirmations came and this healthy living and the beads around the waist and the, the exercise groups and the, the all of this other junk, as that increased, it seems like so has fear and so has doubt and so has shame and so has guilt. And so, like you said earlier, depression and anxiety and stress and divorce and loss and all of that stuff, man. And so, I mean, shout out to you because you, you've been able to take your art and create the world that you want. You know what I'm saying? And so, I mean, it, it, it's been fun, man. I, I'm glad that we had this conversation and that I didn't take the cliche route of who's your favorite rapper and who you choose. It. Yeah, you know, so. Now, it, it was really, really dope, man. How can everybody get in contact with you, man? Find you, follow you, and all those other good things, my brother. Uh, um, on Facebook, Arvon Johnson, um, Arvon OTB, uh, um, any other social media site, um, self TikTok is Arvon underscore OTB because I had to remake a page, but um. And you can always feel free to inbox me or call me. Everybody, uh, if you don't have my number, it's on Instagram. You can hit the call and it'll show you my number. Um, I'm very easy to get in touch with, and I actually am looking forward to getting in touch with everybody. Um, I, I want to add, I said before, at some point I have to say this. Um, if you're out there and you're going through something, um, don't let depression be a crutch. I have been uh, diagnosed with um uh, uh, severe depression and anxiety when I was at Coke. I just looked at that shit as like a it's a it's a, a tough team I gotta play. We gotta beat this team to make the playoffs. Once you tell yourself I'm depressed and you just start moping and shit, you're 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 losing. Um fight that shit. Find things that make you happy. Don't just know you're depressed. Do something about it. Now man up or woman up and do better. Challenge yourself. Don't let the world dictate who you are and don't let the world change who you are. Always try to be your best. That shit sound cliche, but if you trying to be your best, you're going to go through downs, because I done lost everything I had three times. Wow. So, is you're going to go through downs, but don't try to hide. Like, I go on Facebook and be like, um, 
starting over ain't never been so fun because you, it's a fresh start. Like, why would I look at it any other way? I, my apartment caught on fire. Two days later, I'm in Atlanta trying to goddamn help my brother do some music shit. Like, you just got to keep moving. You standing still, you might as well be going backwards. Sometimes you have to stand still to think, but you got to always still be trying to get ahead. And, and that's what I, I would always say. Be true to yourself. Be true to the people around you. Love people while you're here. Don't, I mean, while they're here, while you're here. You never know. I love you to death, dog, because you actually didn't know me. When you first met me, you had already played my music on a radio station. I didn't even know what the fuck you looked like, but I know this dude, Wiggles, <laughs> is playing my music. When we already know the people in Albany and how they are about music, but you played my shit. And it, I heard it a lot of times before I ever met you. I couldn't dap you up and hug you quick enough. And from that day, I just realized, oh, it ain't about me. He's just a genuine dude. Because in my mind, I was just like, I'm so, damn, he played my music. Like, I didn't even ask him to play my music. Like, mm -hmm. but it's like, you're just a good dude. And you need to know that. you. Are, we, I appreciate what you're doing. I love what you're doing. And appreciate you, bro. we need more like you, man, because you are more of a pioneer. I don't see no following. Um, and that's what I'm all about. I'm all, I, I am the freest of spirits. Do what makes you happy. Just do it with enough sense to know you got to think about tomorrow. But like I'm a free spirit, and you allowed that, you embraced that, you actually helped others hear this free spirit, and I'll never be able to thank you enough. Yes, you will, man. Do another hour. <laughs> <laughs> I actually told you I've been working on some stuff, man. Yeah, man. Do it. Do another hour, man. The next time I come to the A, well, I'll be in Atlanta area to tomorrow, man. Uh, but it's, it's for my boy's funeral. The next time I'm in Atlanta for this, man, and you're dope too, bro. Like, you was going to let me come to the Atlanta, man. And, like, yo, look, you need, if I'm at work, man, you come to the crib, you crash at the crib, like, you, like, that's the job, man. That it ain't that people don't do it, man. But when you establish those connections, man, like, those are the things that, you know, what I'm saying? that if for, for me, man, that's what you live for, man. I always say, when, when it comes to life and or death, again, what I do for people, I ain't doing it for accolades. I ain't doing it for praise. I ain't doing it for what you call it. Sometimes I check to make sure people recognize that your boy did it. You know what I'm saying? I don't. I don't get mad if they don't. But I. I, I just sometimes I want to. I want to make sure that they. They recognize not so they can give me praise, but so that they can remember that you got to do this too. I mean, I always talk about the Bible. Yeah. But there, there was a guy, man, who was in debt. He begged for mercy, was shown mercy, and then went out to go get his debt from somebody, but went and showed the other folks mercy. And he was actually about to get like thrown out, you know what I'm saying, of the kingdom or whatever, because the same mercy that he was shown, he didn't want to show. And so I'm just sometimes I do follow-ups and checks to make sure that, you know, if I give you an extension of love, man, then you go get somebody else. That's why my my yeah. saying, my saying has always been, even on Power 105, man. Do, and I, it had to be God-given, right? Do somebody good, somebody will do you good. I mean, I'm not expecting for anybody to return the favor because I believe that the favor will be returned, even if it's only actually from God, because the Bible says that. If we give to somebody who ain't got, it's God's responsibility to give it back to us. So that, yeah. that's, that's just, you know what I'm saying, really where I, where I be at with it, man. Like I said before, love covers a multitude of sin, man. And I'm I mean, I, I, ain't, I ain't as, I, man, I ain't as good as people say I am or think I am, or maybe even as I portray. But, you know, I, I, what I do believe is, is that when, when, my, when my time is up, everybody 
will be able to remember and say, yo, that dude showed me love. You know, if nothing else, man, he showed me love. Some I might have led back to God or Christ or love or life or happiness, but nah, man, I appreciate you even saying that and, and, and remembering it. You know what I'm saying? Um, but nah, I appreciate you, man. I thank you for coming out here on, on the show, man. You know, like I said, you're doing major things, man. And that's why I got the, pod, the podcast or the network because I want to, I'm practicing for having a bigger network, man, but I'm also practicing for being able to like put folks on that ain't on. We always see the people that already got it and they talking about junk. You know what I'm saying? That ain't necessarily over our head, but it ain't, a, I don't even want to say it ain't attainable, but it's like we run to hear people who've already made it or who got it established, but we'll, we'll turn our backs on or turn our heads and nose up at people who are trying to get to the next level. And we gotta, we gotta corral around our, you're my peer. We got to be able to support each other and one another, man. Like I know for sure, man, it's always probably like the same handful of people that share my video or the same couple of people that watch me every single time that I'm on and that I'm live. You know what I mean? And so those are the people that I'm working with or who I, who work for me, so to speak. The people who actually take the time not to stroke my ego, but actually they, if you're going to watch me every day, then you might as well work with me. You know, yeah. <laughs> if you're gonna pay attention to everything that I'm doing, you might as well work. You know, you might as well work with. So when I blow up, I already know who I can trust. I already oh, yeah. know who. I already know who in it for. Even if they, even if they only in it because they just crushing them. But if they consistent, I mean, you can you can separate the crush from the business. You can do the work. I don't care. You know what I'm saying? But we got to get this jump done because there are people who need us. I realize that there are people who need us. There are people who need our help. People who need our support. People who need our love. You know, and I back it, and that's all I'm trying to do, bro. And so again, I appreciate you, man. Give us the give us the uh, the tag the uh, the tags again. Give us the social media tags again, man, so that we can follow you, man, and we can get up out of here, my boy. Just like you just said, man. When you come to Out of the Box Minds, that's my business. My tag is Arvon OTB. You when you come with this a tattoo, a massage, a damn sipping paint, whatever you come to me for, you're gonna get that love. You're gonna get that counseling. You're gonna get that laugh. And you're gonna get that experience. Um, I honestly feel I'm here doing what I'm supposed to be doing and I'm loving what I do and I love to do it with anybody who want to actually create with me. Arvon O-T-B. A-R-V as in Victor O-N-O-T-B as in boy. My boy. Again, y'all, man, this show right here was dedicated to my friend and my brother, Michael Hendricks, man. Love him and love him dearly, man. Again, I say, man, I know we're gonna miss him, man. Uh, it's been on my mind constantly, man, because I know right after I got to the show, like, why you doing so much? You know what I'm saying? You need. He he told me, man, I was doing too many shows. <laughs> you doing too many shows. You need you need to uh, skim it down some, man. I'm gonna miss this uh, critical brother of mine. You know what I'm saying? Like this. It's crazy, man. I, I think I might just have to go on live one day and just talk about him. But y'all know, y'all know the deal, man. Y'all know the deal. Y'all know the deal. Y'all know the deal, man. Remember, remember, we about to get up out of this thing. Do somebody good. Somebody will do you good. Keep y'all first and last. And we are out of here.